Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And you know there's an email that comes along with this lesson. And if you go to myfaithroots.com, you can sign up for it and we'll send it out to you every day. All right, let's get right into this. John 20, 29, New King James Version. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's what Jesus said. We can believe without seeing because we have another source for our faith. And that source is the Word of God. All right, let's look at it. Faith enables us to embrace a promise from God before that promise becomes a physical reality. Now, I want to stop here for just a minute and explain some things. First of all, you and I don't make the Word of God true because we believe it. It's true whether or not we believe it. We, uh, we believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Well, that's true. And it, it has a, a tremendous volume of evidence to back it up. If I believe that, I'll be saved. If I don't believe it, I'm in trouble. And so uh, Jesus was raised from the dead. It's true whether I believe it or not, but when I believe it, it brings blessing into my life. There are other things that God promises to us through the pages of Scripture that may not yet be a reality in this present world. It is by believing that we pull those things into reality or that God manifests them for us because of our faith. So uh, God uses faith to get blessing and reality to us. But faith has to have a basis. You can't just make things true because you want them to be true. There has to be a basis for your faith. Uh, I've, over the years, I've run into a number of young men, bless their hearts, and, and I've seen it with women too. I am believing God that so-and-so will marry me. Well, there's a problem with that. Uh, you, you, you have to have a willing partner. And if they're not willing, God is not going to make them marry you. Well, I know, Pastor Willie, but I know that God said to me that she was going to marry me. Well, she has a say-so in it. Until she is willing, then uh, you're wasting your time. And in fact, you might want to pray like this, Lord, if it be her will, let her marry me. And we pray, Lord, if it be your will. But it really <laughs> it boils down to what she wants. Uh, a study of all the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, shows that at the beginning of their journeys, there was a word from God. Noah just didn't build an ark because he didn't like what his neighbors were doing. He didn't say, I'm claiming a flood. He didn't do that. There was a word from God that came to him, and as a result, he had faith. You take away that word from God, there is no ark, there is no flood, there is no deliverance of Noah and his family. All of it hinged on the word of God. It is the word of God that lays the foundation for all faith. Faith, then is a process. It doesn't just snap like a magic wand. And, and, and let me tell you why. It is because God wants us to develop a relationship with Him through our faith. It's all about relationship. It's more than just getting stuff. Uh, when you understand faith the way that God meant for us to understand faith, you see that it's about relationship. All of those people in Hebrews chapter 11 who had faith in God uh, they had a relationship with God. Now, now let me explain this. 90% of them received positive answers. 
10% of them did not. 10% of them were persecuted. 10% of them were martyred or suffered. Uh, they were not oppressed in the sense that the devil ran over them, but they were oppressed or, or persecuted by people. Abel, for instance, is one of them. Uh, he honored God, but he suffered as a result of his faith. So what you see is these people had a different kind of faith. They had a faith that enabled them to endure. When I read the story of Stephen in Acts chapters 6 and 7, and I see how he died with an amazing grace on him, and how calm he was, and how he knew that this was going to be the result of his preaching, and yet he very calmly goes through the whole process, and it blows people away. I think it caught the attention of Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul. Uh, so what I want you to see is that faith is a result of relationship. It's not just about getting stuff. It's about having a relationship with God. Faith then leads us to uh, assurance. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and I'm reading the Weymouth translation. Now faith is a confident assurance of that for which we hope, a conviction of the reality of things we do not see. And I have to say this, confidence and conviction are not quickly developed. They're just not. I'm going to tell you a story. I, forgive me if you're around me much at all, you know I love to tell football stories. Uh, and we have a football team at our Christian school, Lincoln Christian School, and uh, we've had a lot of success in our football program. And, and every now and then we will have a, a down year. We had a down year a few years back where all of our kids were young. We started loads of freshmen and sophomores, and our little quarterback was a tougher than a boot. But he got killed. I mean, he was coach's son, but he still got killed. It didn't help. And uh, the, the, I told him when he graduated and, and ultimately won a state championship, I said, you're the toughest football player I've ever seen. I've never seen anybody be able to take the licks that you take and get right back up. And he was not a big kid, wasn't a huge kid, wasn't a particularly muscular kid, but he was an amazingly confident kid. And his confidence didn't come in the beginning. It took a little while for him to get confidence. But by the time we got to the state championship game, his senior year, he was so battle-tested. And he had seen everything that a defense could throw at him. And we were in the halftime, and, and I knew we were going to win. And uh, now there have been a lot of games we've been in. I didn't know that we would win them or not. But this one I knew we were going to win. And we were in the halftime, and I went in the locker room, and I could tell he was just chilled out. He was not the least bit rattled about anything. And I looked over at him, and I winked at him. He winked back at me. I could tell he knew there was not going to be a problem winning that game. And, and why? Because he had confidence he had confidence not because he just decided to have confidence, but he had been through so much and had seen so much. He had developed over the years. He knew there's nothing the other team can throw at me that I cannot handle. I can deal with this. And by golly, he did it. Uh, confidence and conviction then are not quickly and easily developed. They take some time. When you really have an, an assurance of a desire that you've taken to God in prayer, you know what happens? You won't be surprised when it manifests. 
uh, that little quarterback was not surprised when we won the state title. He knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of us knew it was going to happen because we knew some things about the team we were playing, and we knew what we could do, and we knew how to handle a lot of pressure. Uh, Anytime someone is surprised, it tells me that they really didn't have confidence that things were going to work out the way that they did. You know, everybody was surprised by the fact that David killed Goliath, but David. David was not surprised. If if David had been surprised when the rock hit Goliath's head and knocked him to the ground, David would have said, holy cow, or we'd have had a record of something like that that he said, look at that. Maybe I ought to cut off his head. You don't see him doing that. He immediately runs before anybody can react, before the army can react. He is already at the side of Goliath. He pulls the sword from the scabbard and uh, he cuts off the giant's head. Everybody else on that battlefield, all of the Philistines, certainly Goliath, King Saul, all the men of Israel, everybody else is surprised. David is not surprised. David's the only one on the battlefield who has faith. When you have faith in something and a confident assurance, which is what Weymouth says in Hebrews 11.1, then you're not surprised when the answer happens. You're confident of it. This is what we see in Jesus. The apostles were continually amazed. uh, Jesus' enemies were amazed. All kinds of people were amazed at the miracles of Jesus, but Jesus was not amazed. He was never surprised. And you know what's amazing to me is he never seemed to show a lot of emotion whenever someone was healed. And I think it was because the victory was already settled in him. I think he knew early that morning or in the wee hours of the night when he prayed, he said, I do what I see the Father doing. Let me read that to you. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 19, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, The Son can do nothing of Himself but what He sees the Father do. For whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. Jesus said, I see all of my miracles before they happen. And so when they happen, He's not surprised by them. People who have great faith don't act overjoyed when the prayer is answered. They're grateful. Their joy is all the way through the process. They take as much joy in the fact that they are trusting God than they do when the answer manifests. You know, a lot of people postpone their joy. And if you're postponing your joy, you really don't have great faith. And here's what I mean by that. There's some people who will say, I'm not rejoicing until I see this in my hands. You need to learn to rejoice when you finish the prayer and you pray amen. That's when you need to learn to rejoice. You need to keep your joy all the way through the process. Now, Jesus had just healed a man who could not walk. And uh, But he plainly stated, I saw this happen before. Faith, faith embraces the work of God before it happens. I will put it like this. All miracles happen inwardly before they happen outwardly. And when you're convinced of it inwardly, then listen, you're going to see it outwardly. Let me read this to you again. Now faith is a confident assurance of that for which we hope. A conviction of the reality... of things we do not see. That's what faith is. Now, faith comes to us generally as we read the Word. Pardon me. (coughs) 
as we read the Word, generally we have faith. But there are things that require some specific impartations, meaning that, you know, God one time told me, if you ask me, I'll give you the TV studio that's across the street from your office. God didn't give that promise to everybody. If God gave that promise to everybody, then I'd have had 500 other people around the church who wanted that same TV studio. God gave that promise to me by the Holy Spirit. So God has to get specific with us, and the Holy Spirit is the one who does that work. John 16, 13, and 14. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and he will tell you things to come. Uh, the, the word actually here is he rehearses. In other words, he comes to you and he rehearses what he has heard the Father or the Son say. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and rehearse it or declare it to you. That's what he does. The Holy Spirit uh, rehearses back to you what he has heard the Father say or what he's heard Jesus say. He reveals the specific aspects of God's will. Now, we have a general plan from the Word of God. 17 years old, I get saved. I am in the midst of a relationship with a girl who does not know Christ. It's the first steady girlfriend I've ever had. I want to pray her into the kingdom with me. Every time I go to church, I go forward. I ask them to pray with me about this girl. And one day, there is a lady at the front of the church who takes me aside and says, Willie, you need to quit praying like this. You need to start being scriptural. I said, well, show me what you mean. And she said, the scripture says, be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Now, I'm not saying this girl will never come to faith. I'm saying to you, you can't keep going with her when she does not have faith. And so I went home under the instruction of the Word of God. I asked God to help me, and I broke up with the girl. She did not come to faith. When I explained to her what I was doing, she didn't come to faith. She did not believe in what I was doing, and so it was a good thing we broke up. The Holy Spirit comforted me. I expected to be brokenhearted when this all happened. I wasn't. I had an excitement. Now, um, maybe almost a year later, I had another steady girlfriend. Carefully this time, she was a believer. She followed Christ. But she was strong in Christ when I helped her. And she's a sweet girl, precious girl. But, but she wasn't as strong in faith as I was. We did not go together long. She was not the one that God had for me. God led me to a young lady who eventually became my wife who was as strong in faith as I was. That's what he wanted. He wanted an equal yoke. The two of us are pulling together at the same time. She was raised in church, attended the same church that I did, sat under the same pastor that I sat under. She had faith in raising children the way that I had faith in raising children. We were taught the Word of God together. We would sit in church together and we would hear the Word together. I couldn't say that about either one of those other girls. This girl was different. It was then later, after we dated for a few years, that God put it in my heart, talk to her, see if she will marry you. I went to her. She said yes. And so I had a specific leading by God. Started with a general leading, following the teaching of Scripture, but then God gave me specific leading. The Holy Spirit starts with uh, the Word, anoints the Word. We get general faith there, but then He takes us to specifics. Now, God gave everything 
to Jesus. Listen to what he said in John 16, 15. We read 13 and 14. Listen to this. He said, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit has been given an assignment by God the Father and Jesus, or He is in agreement, I'll put it like that, with the two of them, that He will reveal specifically the things that God gave to Jesus so that we can receive those things. And so all down through my life, the Holy Spirit has put it in my heart. You can go after this. You can trust me for that. You can go after this. And I knew in my heart I was getting a release from God because I had learned how to hear His voice. How did I recognize Him? Easy. Scripture. Scripture is where you first learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't look for strange voices to come from out of the blue. Go to the Scriptures. You'll get familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit. So when you really hear Him, you'll know this is the Spirit. I recognize that voice. I've read that voice over and again. Well, that's all the time I have for today. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and let somebody else know about this podcast. Let's spread the word so as many people as possible can plug in and be blessed. See you next time.